Hi, this is Steve Springer, and this is Worshiping God, God's Way. And we're talking about Luke 7, 44 through 46. And I can't really talk about worship without mentioning this story, which takes place in Simon's home. Lazarus, who was raised from the dead after being dead for several days, his grave clothes were taken off, he was comes back to life. He's invited to come to Simon's home. And along with that come priests and scribes, Pharisees. People hear about the meeting at the house and they come, friends and family and even common people. You know, Martha, who is in Simon's home, she's in charge of preparing the food and getting things ready for this meeting. But she goes out and she actually finds Jesus and just to make sure that he's coming. She's covering her bases. But that's because the tensions were very high. You know, the excitement level had to be a 10 plus. I mean, the guy who was dead and laying in the grave, now he's sitting in Simon's home in his living room and he's talking to people. You know, the rumors like something like that would spread like fire and it would be something that people would just go out of their way to be a part of and to hear. So the people that came to Simon's house, the Pharisees and Sadducees and all those, they were coming to see the man who had been brought back to life. They're coming to talk to Lazarus. And you would think by looking at this verse that that would be the main portion of it. That would be the the main subject it would seem that the Lazarus story would be the real focus in this chapter. But instead, it's actually an unforgettable portrait of worship. You know, it's a clear visual. What takes place in that home is a description of the Greek word for worship. You know, the words for worship are basically what we've looked at are Hebrew words. Or shaha means to bow down, face down. It's just simple word. It's the Hebrew word that's been around for, for centuries. And bowing face down without arrogance was pretty straightforward. But when the Hebrew words are translated and rewritten into Greek, the Greek word for worship now is prosukaneo. Persukaneo means to bow face down, leaning towards the master's hand as a dog licks his master's hand, kissing towards him. You know, let me say that again. It's bowing face down, which is shaha. It's leaning towards the master as a dog licks his master's hand kissing towards him. You know, the first part, bowing face down, no problem, leaning towards the master, drawing near to the master, and even kissing towards him. That's pretty acceptable. I can imagine that. But when it talks about a dog licking his master's hand, that sometimes catches people off guard for a second. And it's until you get the picture of a real loving puppy that loves to be around his master, they come up and they jump in your lap and they lick your face or they lick your hand. You know, there's no intimidation. They just 
want to be where you are. The dogs that drive some people crazy also is a dog that people love and want to be around. But thanks to Alexander the Great and his influence, because he influenced that Greek language in the translation of the Septuagint, you know, the the five books of Moses now into Greek, you know, that was a very big thing to take place in history. It changed the way words were understood. It changed how people read the Old Testament. They could see things that they hadn't seen before. You know, it took about 250 years for that translation, the Septuagint, to be completed. So it was well into the lifetime of Jesus that those words were being used. And Jesus himself, he read in Greek. He read the Septuagint, the Old Testament. He spoke Aramaic. He could speak any language he wanted, actually. But that's the one that he would read from. But I want to note something here that leaning towards, as a dog licks the master's hand, kissing towards him, that was added in over time. It was added in because the picture, the demonstration of it, the the depth of the word that we have, that God wanted us to have, was deeper and bigger. He wanted us to see Jesus. And now that Jesus was there, this love affair, this touchable person. No longer was he just a a pillar of fire or a big cloud. Here Jesus is, and people can grasp that. And when they do, their affections grow. The word itself doesn't change. It's just enhanced and becomes fuller with a deeper meaning. But bowing down is still at the center of worshiping God, but now It's affectionately leaning towards licking the master's hand and kissing towards him. In this verse in Luke, there is actually a sequence. So I'm going to go through the sequence briefly. And so we can just get an overview of what's happening here. Jesus enters into Simon's home. People are already there. They've been there for a while. And again, the elements were high. There's a lot happening. But he enters the home and immediately... The theophany of God takes place. God's personal manifestation before his creation happens in Simon's home. It's that godly presence that because he is God, when he's there, it's going to manifest the power of God. And it takes place, and so people sense what's going on. Now, the response from Mary Instantly, she bows down. She's emotionally clinging to his feet. She's accompanied by tears and kissing his feet. She pours out perfume and she wipes it up with her hair. You know, it. she just gets emotionally attached to Jesus. It's actually the depiction of the Greek word itself, prosukineo. If you want to see worship visually, this is the one to read. Because later on, when Jesus uses the word prosukineo, and we're going to talk about that, this is the picture that he wants you to see in those scriptures and those moments when he himself talks about prosukineo. In this story, at this moment in time, 
Simon complains about Mary. And Jesus, he responds to Simon's criticism. There are two quick lessons in this is when worship takes place, there's a noticeable action and there's a substance to it. There was, there was bowing and there was anointing and there was perfume and there was wiping of hair. There was substance to that. The second thing is even those close to Jesus, the ones that know him, believe in him like Simon, they can miss it. Like Simon missed it. He didn't see it. But I'm going to come back to this later on in the book. We look at it a little bit closer than that. But see, worship in the combination of words, Hebrew and the Greek, together, mixed together, that's still, that is heaven's reality. That's their perspective. That's how they see it. But the world's reality, the way we see it ourselves today, It's very dim. It's murky. Our definition is really out of sync with God's vocabulary. You know, the story today, if it was told, or if this story happened today, if if Simon walked into my house today, Martha would be noted as the one worshiping. And why do I say that? Because she was the one serving God. She brought the food. She prepared the home. She did the cleaning. She got things in order. Even She even went out to find Jesus to make sure he was coming. She was managing the service. You see what I'm saying? Simon didn't complain about Martha at all. And today when we talk about worship, we talk about it as one who is serving We say, oh, if you're helping and doing these things for someone and feeding this person and taking care of this, you're serving, you're worshiping. Well, who's going to complain about that? They're not going to complain. But Mary, on the other hand, if it were today, you know, she would be seen as the one causing distractions bringing attention to herself. We'd be accusing her for getting in the way. This is a Simon perspective. That's what I call it. I'm going to make this really short because I. this is a great little story. I hadn't planned on saying it, but I went to a meeting at UCLA. It was at night, and there was a, a big gathering of people. It was a Christian thing. It was about salvation. They had a lot of things going on a stage and the musicians, and they had about 150 people standing in the center uh, in front of this stage, and they were singing, and there was a DJ going on. He was cracking a bunch of jokes, and they were just trying to get people brought in before the person came up to share the message. And it was, wasn't rushed. It was drawn out. The music was really great, and they had a lot of things that, that was, seemed really cool. And, but in the, in the darkness of night, I looked over and I saw along the sidewalk that was next to the stage, I saw a person laying down on their face on the cement. And at first it caught me off guard. I thought maybe that person got hurt. Maybe there's something medically that needed to be done. So I watched and I care. I was careful, but I could tell that they had their hands crossed. Their head faces were down. This I think it was a woman, but the people that were next to her, They're walking by and they're just stepping over her. 
They, they stood next to her. They're talking. Groups would go by and they'd, they would stop as if she wasn't even there. Now, that's like a Simon syndrome. And it's really conflicting. It's conflicting in the sense of serving is worship. Well, Mary appears idle and annoying and out of place and rejected the ones who are talking and providing and moving around and doing things, they're accepted. And again, it's a mental picture. It's something that we haven't thought about, but it's something that we need to think about. Because God is calling people to a place of worship. What's coming, I think, and I believe, is God is calling people into a place wherever the theophany is, wherever his presence is, wherever God manifests himself personally to someone, that becomes the place for people to bow down and worship him. Mm-hmm.